Welcome to the Tour Junkies Podcast. This is a fantastic episode where me and Pat are going to break down our favorite bets for the Masters 2019. We're going to talk about outright bets. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to debate on short odds versus long odds in a field like this for the Masters where you only have 86, 87 players. We're going to talk about amateur bets, the old farts, the low uh, Euros, the low Asians, the low Americans, some betting theory, and we're going to have a grand old time with this one. There's a lot of uh, alcohol being distributed in this episode, but we did our research and we had a great time with it. Hope you do too. As always, it is brought to you by our friends at mybookie.ag. If you've not already, sign up for mybookie.ag. Promo code TOURJUNKIES gets you 50% deposit bonuses on any deposit from $50 up to $1,000. The golf offerings for the Masters are going to be increased. We're super excited about that. And we use MyBookie odds for everything we reference here as we give you our favorite outright bets, our favorite low am. Low old guys, as I mentioned already. It's just a it's a solid episode. Hope you guys enjoy. Be sure and check out the DFS podcast as well that drops just before the Monday of Masters Week. It's right here in our hometown. We're giddy about it. It's gonna be a good one. Thanks a lot. Enjoy. What's up, golf addicts? It is time. It is Masters Week. Hello, friends. DB here of the Tour Junkies. This may be your first time listening to us. Maybe not. You're in for a wild adventure. We are the Tour Junkies. I got my co-host, Pat Perry, with me. What up, P-Unit? How's it going, buddy? What's going on, man? I'm feeling good. You know, we're getting close to Masters Week. Uh, the best week of the year. I mean, this is uh, this is the Super Bowl of golf. There's, yeah. there's nothing better. Yeah. So I cannot, I'm, I'm just, I'm beside myself right now. And I'm drinking rosé tonight. <laughs> Ooh. Wow, we're switching it up. No Planet Tito's tonight? No Planet Tito's. You know, it's just, uh, it's, it's been Planet Tito's all year long, but I'm going to I'm gonna go rosé for this this one. Well, it's kind of funny that you're, you're mixing it up. Um, I am actually mixing it up as well because I am sadly out of Tito's. So I had to resort to the only liquor left in my, in my cabinet, and that is Jack Daniels. Oh, so my Jack. God. Little Jack and Coke with a little squeeze of lime. Yeah, 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 that's where I'm at right now. Okay, all right, good for you. It's gonna be a gonna be a great podcast. Like I said, we're gonna have a lot of new listeners this week, as every year Masters Week we do. And here's what I would say: um, please come back. You know, come back after Masters Week. We we try to keep it going, keep the momentum going. I know Masters is the most popular golf tournament of the year, but we put out a regular show every single week covering the PGA Tour. And listen, here's our goal. We don't want to just be informative. We don't want to just help you make money betting, playing DFS, playing in a one-and-done or a season-long fantasy league. or just We don't want you to just be informed. We want you to be entertained. So every week we try our best to also entertain you, and uh, we have a great time. So we, it's, it's a great community that we have. For those of you who are listening and you always listen and you're faithful listeners, I am putting my hands together and bowing right now in front of the microphone. We appreciate you. Thank you. You are the best. You are the reason that we are able to keep doing this. Now in our fourth year, our fourth. this is our fourth Masters that we've covered since being 
the tour junkies. And um, was the first? I'm pumped was the about first the the the, the Baudo episode. The first one was the Baudo episode. Yes, uh, it was. Yeah, um, that was the about this time, um, 2015, crazy, crazy to think it's uh, actually two. No, this is only our third. My bad. Our th- wait a minute. No, this is our fourth. fourth. 16, on, 17, your, Get your math 19. together, David. Yeah, yeah, I'm not good at that. Uh, but but here's the deal. It, it's it's going to be a good time. It's going to be a week full of content. We're going to kick it off right here. This is the betting episode. We're going to talk about some numbers. We have to thank our friends over at my bookie. Dot A-G. Now we've been we've been pumping my bookie and working with my bookie for over two years now, and here's what we know: if you're having to bet offshore because you can't bet legally somewhere in the state that you live in, there is no better option than my bookie because we tested it long before we were ever partnered with anybody, and we know that it works. And we've deposited a couple times, we've withdrawn a couple times. Both of us, Pat, you just did it recently, actually. I've and withdrawn Pat, a lot lately. A lot. Yeah, you, you've, you've had a good little run here, and, and I want to get to this in a second. I'm going to have you testify as a senior citizen your experience in, <laughs> uh, your, in withdrawing just a couple weeks ago. But, but mybookie.ag, there's a number of reasons why you should use mybookie. You've got the best mobile app and mobile site in the business, hands down, so you're always on your phone, you're always on the go, you need to place a bet. It sucks to have to go to some offshore site with a really garbage mobile website. MyBookie has a fantastic mobile website. Great competitive lines, a lot of offerings. I mean, you can bet on everything imaginable from sports to horse racing to religion to politics to pop culture to all kind of fun stuff. And they're increasing their golf offerings every single month. Uh, we're working with them, helping them try to, to, to tap into that golf market. And it, it's fantastic. The customer service, you have a problem, you have a question, you have an issue, you get real people on the phone that speak English, which is always refreshing, uh, and you get them quickly. They have a great chat feature on the website. So we really encourage you guys to sign up with mybookie.ag. And we also would ask that if you're going to do that, Please sign up with our promo code. It helps us out, makes us look good, makes my bookie want to keep doing business with us. Uh, and it's promo code Tour Junkies, all one word, all lowercase. If you go to mybookie.ag, .ag, not .com, .ag, use promo code Tour Junkies. When you sign up, you're going to get a 50% deposit bonus on your money up to $1,000. So if you deposit $1,000, they're going to give you an extra $500. So then you're going to have $1,500 to play with, right? You got to deposit at least fifty bucks, but you can deposit up to a thousand. It's super easy to do. It's a lot of fun, and this entire podcast here is going to be dedicated to the lines that we're looking at for the Masters over on MyBookie.ag. But yeah, Pat, you know, a lot of people, you know, like myself and you in the beginning, are now MyBookie will take your debit card, credit cards, whatever. But they, the easiest way to do it is actually cryptocurrency. Now, now, Pat, me and you are not crypto guys. You know, I don't really even know what 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 it is, and I, if I don't know what it is, I'm I'm damn sure you don't. Um, but you just made a withdrawal, and you know, why don't you tell the listeners about your experience, even as a as a as a senior adult, how that went for you? <laughs> uh, senior adult, okay. Well, I didn't know you were a senior once you're over forty, but yeah, I, I, okay, I understand. But listen, here's the thing. I mean, yeah, the cryptocurrency kind of scares you at first. It scared me. Um, it's very scary. But no free ads here, though. I used a uh, little app called Coinbase, which allows you Coinbase to, is fantastic. Yeah. It is fantastic. And it allows you to uh, buy and sell uh, cryptocurrency. Uh, so, 
if you have an account set up with them, it's very easy to deposit and then also withdraw from from uh, my bookie. I mean, literally within days it goes to your account because you set your checking account up or whatever with Coinbase. You get the they send you the money like if so. Let's just say I'm gonna withdraw five hundred dollars from my my bookie account. It goes straight to Coinbase. In the uh, in crypto, and then immediately I sell it, and then send it to my checking account. It takes literally two days to do it. It is so easy. Now look, the, anything with cryptocurrency is always going to have. There's it's, it's like the stock market. It's gonna it could go up and down. There's gonna be some value changes there and whatever else. But when you look at any of these online gaming sites, there's always going to be costs involved if you get a check or if you get them to send wire you the money, which is easy too. But there's there's some costs involved, and so a dollar or two change in you know whatever cryptocurrencies is doing is not gonna make a whole bit of difference as opposed to yeah. what you know my bookie or whoever else may charge whoever you're using. I mean, not just my bookie uh, to get a wire get funds wired because that's expensive to do. To cut a check, it's expensive to do. Nobody cuts checks these days. Hell, Who cuts a check? What does that even mean? I know, like my bookie's probably having to like, like if you if you tell my bookie you want them to cut them a check, they're probably like having to search around to, to try and find the yeah. checkbook. They have no no clue where it is. It's you know hidden in the corner somewhere. They don't freaking know. Get with the times, people. You, this is coming from a forty two year old guy who sucks at anything electronic. <laughs> True. Crypto is easy to do. I'm telling you. Yeah. So there you go. Well, there you go. There you go. A fantastic endorsement there, Pat. Um, man, I am I'm excited. We are, we are, if you're a new listener, we are based out of Augusta, Georgia. We are both born and raised Augusta boys through and through. The Masters comes through our hometown, has ever since we were little, little chitlins. And, um, man, there's just no better week of the year. We are both extremely excited. Have Been you ever had chitlins? You just mentioned chitlins. I have never had chitlins. Have you? I've never I had. Have. As a I've, southern boy, I still haven't had I've them. had chitlins. Yeah. What are they again? There's something to do with pigs. Are they actual pigs' feet? Oh, it's pigs. No, it's pigs' like guts and stuff. Ugh. No, it's I, actually not. It's actually pretty good. <laughs> it's actually pretty well, I mean, good. anything deep fried. You, you, could, you could deep fry a nut sack and you'd probably be all right. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're, we're excited. We've been in the Masters like every, every year for the last 20 years. Um, it's just, it's a fantastic event. It's a world-class event. we got a lot of content coming out. Be sure and also check out the DFS podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about DraftKings, Fantasy Golf, break down the field in depth for that. But tonight is all about the the traditional golf betting, right, Pat? It's It's all about that. Before we really get into some of the offerings and what we want to talk about, I feel like, you know, we know Augusta. We know Augusta National. It's, you know, obviously comes back here every single year, always has, always will. So there's a lot of familiarity with the golf course that, you know, unlike most weeks on the PGA Tour, may require some brushing up or a little more extensive brushing up. Why don't you just hit us with the details? There have been some course changes uh, just hit us with a little bit of the, uh, the the overview of the golf course and maybe kind of the player that, that you're targeting um, for for the 2019 Masters. Yeah, so, I mean, Augusta National is, uh, again, it's, it's, it's one of the, 
you know, we obviously get to see it every single year. And so there's not, there's subtle changes here and there. I think this year you've got definitely some lengthening in the course, especially on like the, the par four fifth, which is one that they've, they've lengthened about 40 yards and it's going to make that hole just hard as hell. Um, but for the most part, this, this course traditionally favors a guy that has some length on the tee. Uh, there's not a whole lot of rough out there. You never, I mean, they, they may put it up a little bit, but really, for the most part, if, you, if you're not behind a tree or something, you're, you're really going to have a decent shot into these greens. And, and that's the key here, the greens. I mean, if you have not been and seen this course in person, there is no way you can understand the undulation on these greens. It is just absolutely, it is unique to any course in the world. And, and so putting is obviously huge here. I mean, and it's, it's a stat that is, is random. You never know when anybody's hot. But this course you have to putt well on. They're fast greens. You know, it's, it's just the undulation is just incredible. And so I think this is a course where, for me, you know, when I'm looking at stats, I'm looking at stats like strokes gained off the tee. I want guys who are definitely, you know, bombers, but – but definitely gaining strokes off the tee. But I do like ball strikers. I mean, I think, you know, again, you look at a guy like Sergio who won this event a couple years ago. He's a fantastic ball striker. You got to hit these greens. You got to hit them in the right spots. If you don't hit these greens in the right spots, you're screwed. I mean, I don't care what it is. You could hit 18, right. 18 greens in, the, in, the, in a round at Augusta National, but if you're not hitting them in the right spots, it doesn't matter because you're not giving yourself chances here. Um, and then you got to take advantage of the par fives. I mean, all of the par fives for the most part are gettable. They're, they're holes that you can, you can score on. Um, so I think you've got to play well on the par fives out here. So again, I mean, it's paying, playing about 7,500 yards this year. Um, so about, I don't know, 60 or 70 yards longer than it did last year. Um, but again, I, I think, look, driving the ball, Greens and regulation, hitting them in the right spot, putting, and then you got to scramble well too. I mean, just like you know, when you got a course like this where it's tough around the greens, you've got to scramble well. So I think that's going to be key, also. But um, you know, it's kind of a, a quick rundown. This is a course that you know I, I love it. I, I think it's you, you definitely yeah. you're going to look at some course history too um, because we got it here. I mean, this is one of the courses every year where course history is definitely key. Yep, couldn't agree more. The Augusta National is a course where familiarity is always a good thing. We don't see first-timers really do yeah, yeah. Uh, exceptionally well here. They, they, they can struggle. There's a few that can pop, and I think there's a few that could pop this, this season, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. I agree, I agree. Yeah, um, but for the most part, you know, if, if you're betting outrights, if you're betting – Top five, top tens. I would avoid first timers as a result. There's just so much course knowledge. You know, I, I think it was last year. Uh, Bones was quoted as basically saying that he was he and Phil were going to the Masters for their 20th year or whatever it was, and they were Bones. Still... Bones, by the way, for for those for those new listeners maybe out there, is uh, Phil's old caddy who now does TV work, but. Correct, but basically saying that even after 20 years, they would still go to the golf course and learn something. And that's how special the place is and how complex it is. So there, there is a lot of value in the experience um, at, at playing Augusta, especially 
as you mentioned, making sure you, you've got the right angle into these greens, that you understand where you have to land the ball on these greens so that it feeds to the hole because these greens are going to be running extremely fast, you know, 13, 13 and a half on the stem, maybe more. So extremely fast, um, you know, got bent grass greens. They, they roll true. Um, but, yeah, to me it is, you're right, it's, it's a lot about the approach game, the iron precision, and then being able to scramble, which we've always seen is important. It's why guys like Phil and Tiger um, have done so well here for so long, just being able to, to, when they do miss a green, get up and down, or when they are just outside of, you know, off the green on a par five, you know, they can, they can nestle it up there for an easy birdie. That touch around the greens is extremely, extremely important. Um, but, you know, we've seen some changes this year. You, you know, the, par, the, 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 the number five par four has been lengthened considerably. It's a 495-yard par four now uh, with extremely penalizing bunkers left of the fairway. If you land in those bunkers, you can forget it. Uh, that green looks ridiculous. It's an underrated that's, green. That's gonna it doesn't be get such, a lot of, yeah, it is. It's going to be a tough hole. It doesn't get a lot of TV time, but it's an underrated green. It's got a ton of levels on it, ton of undulation on it. Um, so the golf course is playing super long. I mean, you look at the par fours. You know, you mentioned the par fives. The par fives to me are very gettable. They're gettable to you know the shorter player and obviously the longer player. So to me, the the par fives are important because you do need guys that can score on those par fives. Um, there's a lot. That's what Tiger know, always did when he when he when he was dominating right. out here. It was the par fives. I mean, he just dominated the par five. It was basically par fours to him. You know, ton of eagles. You know, there, there's plenty of scoring being done there. Um, you know, the par threes. You know, the t- the toughest one I think is number four. A very long par three. But other than that, I mean, by PGA Tour standards, the remaining par threes aren't super long. I mean, number six is a downhill 180-yarder. That's not that's not super long for by PGA Tour standards. We obviously know number 12 isn't a long hole either. It can be tough with wind conditions and obviously bunker and water in front. And then number 16, a lot of times, is a birdie hole or maybe even a, a you know a hole where we see a hole in one or two every year. So the par threes aren't difficult either. To me, it's all about these par fours. Mm-hmm. And now that number five has been lengthened, there are nine par fours between 440 and 500 yards. Huh. 440 and 500 yards. So, you know, when I think about the, the type of guys I'm looking at, I, I do think, man, Augusta National is, is you know, started tiger-proofing in the 2000s, and, and this thing is still being stretched out for the longer hitters of this game. It and I think it takes some it, teeth. It, it's got some teeth, and I think it plays, it plays to those longer hitters now. Like Pat said, it is definitely not penal if you miss the fairway. This rough is pure as the driven snow. I mean, it is beautiful rough. I mean, like you almost it, like not... feel good. Like when you, if if you if you're out if you've played out there, you know that. Like when you go yeah. in the rough, you're like, all right, I'm, I'm okay. I can. I mean, it's it's not terrible. Um, you can hit it out of pine straw if you've never hit out of pine straw. It tends to like fluff up a little bit. There are very few spots where you are dead off the tee, like where you're just absolutely dead. And so I, I do think the bombers have a, have a decent advantage, and that's something that I'm, I'm weighing heavily. If I have a bomber who can, you know, has, has flashed a little wedge play and has a hot putter, you know, that's kind of what I would be looking at. Um, but obviously Augusta National tests every aspect of the game. I mean, as we've already talked about also how important it is to hit it, 
hit it from the fairways in the right spot. So you got to be hitting your spots. So uh, we're going to look at a little bit of everything. That's kind of the, the type of player I'm looking at. So I've got to – I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, Dave, because I know, you know, you've caddied out there. And uh, and I've obviously been out there a, a few – well, I say a few times, a ton of times and uh, and played out there as you have – when you were caddying, like, what would what was like the first bit of advice that you gave somebody that was uh, was playing the course for the first time? Like, when like was it the was it about the greens? Was it, I mean, what what was sort of uh, your go to like? And on the other end of that, like, what were most people surprised about when they played that course for the first time? Yeah. It's ex- basically exactly what we said. The, the piece of advice was always um, don't trust your eyes on the greens. Don't trust your eyes. You know, trust me. Trust my, you know, yardage book, my green book. So experience, right. Um, experience. And and it was all and – and they were always surprised at how easy it was to the green. I mean, everybody – you know, if you had a 10 handicapper out there – they were always shocked at how little trouble they found themselves in off the tee. Mm-hmm. You know that, that it's 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 a forgiving place off the tee, and it is. Uh, you know, there's a few holes. You know, there, there's obviously a few holes that you can't you can't you can't screw it up, uh, or you're you're dead. But you know, unlike a lot of the courses on the PJ Tour, um, there's a lot more room, and, and even when you miss. It's doable, but it, it is all about the greens and, and how that ball is going to react. I think the approach too into the greens. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah. Um. So I, I want to talk about this too. When we talk about betting, let's let's get into this a little bit, Pat. Okay. This is here's something I think betters need to realize. There is this is an 86 man field right now, um, and, and the highest it's going to be is 87, depending on who wins. We're recording this. Here on the on on a on a on a Friday night um, of the uh, Valero right now, Siwoo Kim has got a four shot lead. He's already in the Masters, so if he wins, it's going to remain an 86 man event. Um, but if somebody wins this Valero that that's that's not already in the Masters, it's going to be an 87 man event, which is extremely small, extremely small field. Uh, your top 50 and ties are going to make the cut, uh, or uh, within 10 shot of the leader. Did I get that right? I think I got that right. Yeah, you, you had did. Daniels in. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, it's it's, a, it's different. It's a higher percentage of these players are likely to play the weekend than you get in a lot of majors. It's a it's a much higher percentage. Now, I I also think unlike a lot of the other majors, we you know the Masters obviously rewards past champions, and there's a special emphasis on amateurs. And there's the first-timers that we talked about that already we know historically are not – the odds of them winning this event or even a top five are not likely. You know, I do think there are some in here that could top ten. I think they have top ten upside. So if you're making a top ten bet, a top 20 bet, and you want to go on a first-timer, I think you could do that. Uh, but if you're looking at outrights with an each-way or a top five, um, I think first-timers, you can go ahead and cross those out. So – I did a little little research today, Pat, in pre- preparation for this. Of the 86 players currently available, I was able – I eliminated 19. I eliminated 19 players that I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt I would bet my house on they will not win this golf tournament. And, and I feel rather confident they won't top five. 
this golf tournament. So if you're if you're doing the each way thing, in other words, I want to go ahead and right off the bat shrink the field from 86 to to, to 67 players, and 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 those guys that I'm talking about eliminating are some of the old farts: uh, Ian Woosnam, Mike Weir, Trevor Immelman, Sandy Lyle, Larry Mize, Jose Maria Lozma Ball. <laughs> when is um when by the way is Ian Woosnam going to quit? Plan. God, Ian is it time? Because like they they they, they kind of when take... he passes out drunk on the fairway, he's probably gonna they'll probably wheel him off. And, and Sandy Lyle's up there too. Sandy Lyle's getting close. I think Woosnam's way overdue for a quit for a, a quit. Yeah. Um, I I can go ahead and safely eliminate. Even though I want to I want to preface this, even though I think there's some very talented amateurs in this field, and I think that there's going to be a couple amateurs that make the cut, and we'll talk about those in a little bit. But again, I'm talking just eliminate players that can win or out or finish top five. I'm going to eliminate all the amateurs. That's six players. I'm going to eliminate a, a four first-time appear, uh, appearances here that are getting in as a result of a win on the PJ Tour in the previous year, and that is um, uh, Michael Kim, who won the John Deere, Adam Long. Uh, Andrew Landry, and Adam Long. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going to eliminate Shugo Imihara, which he, he didn't win on the PJ Tour, but Shugo is a long way from what Shugo was uh, a couple couple uh, we, months ago. Sadoshi, um, not Sadoshi Kadair? Sadoshi, I'm sorry, Sadoshi, so I, I'm sorry. So, yes, yes that's let's, another one. Let's talk Kadaira, who won the uh, Heritage, Heritage, who won Hilton, Hilton Head last year. Uh, I am going to safely say that none of those players, so those seniors, those senior citizens that I named, these six amateurs, and those five first timers who are playing here because of a win, the, the are, only one are I would, safely eliminated. The only one I would question there is maybe Andrew Putnam. I could maybe. I didn't say Andrew Putnam. He's yes, not you, even in the field, Pat. Not Andrew. I said Andrew Landry. Sorry, Andrew Landry. Whatever. Andrew Landry is the only one that I could maybe think of. Pat, there is no king way Andrew Landry finishes top five in this event, son. Have you even looked at what he's done lately? No, yes, I don't he think he finishes bowl. top five. I'm just saying. I, I feel like that's you're, what I'm talking about. You're throwing these like, you're throwing these names out there. I mean, there could be a possibility. Like, I, I feel like you, if you're gonna throw them out as far as a possibility of a bet, there has to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I don't know, maybe. Okay, Andrew- then I I am saying this is my this is my group that beyond a shadow of a doubt is not gonna top five. Okay, that's what I'm talking All about. Right. Top five. All right. All right. So that's what I'm saying. If you're betting an outright winner with an each way or what or a top five bet, these guys aren't doing it. Like I would, like I said, I would bet my house on it that they're not going to do it. Okay. So I I'm eliminating those guys right off the bat. All right. So you start getting into that, and that makes this field quite small. And I'm getting into kind of a betting theory thing before we get into the the real picks. And that is now if I've if I've taken the field down to 67 players, you know. It definitely makes some of the long shots or mid-range odds guys very attractive. Because, I mean, we talk about this all the time with golf. It is the most variable game on the planet. Hands down, beyond a shadow of a doubt. Remember, Charles Schwartzel has won a Masters, right? In 2011, I believe, or 2010, when he won the Masters, no one had a freaking clue who... Charles Schwartzel was. No one had a clue. So there are a lot of guys that could just get hot for a week and make it happen. I, I believe that. Golf is that kind of game. 
Augusta National is not necessarily that kind of course when you look at all the other courses that they play on the tour. Yeah, but we're moving it can in, happen. We're moving in a direction of me disagreeing incredibly with you because what what is that? Well, because here's the thing. I mean, in, if you look at like, let's look at the tradition of the Masters. Who wins? The names. The names win. The the name the, the biggest names in golf. Jack Nicholas, Tom Watson, Tiger Woods. You know, all of these guys. Danny Willett, Charles Schultz. Yeah, but that happens. But that happens. It's not. I don't think. I think that's more the exception than the rule. So, I mean, to me, I'm I'm almost opposite. Like, I'm almost like wanting to up the amount I'm going to bet on. Like, if I'm going to do a smaller bet on these longer odds, I, I would more for the Masters be willing to up my dollar amount so a higher dollar amount on a guy like rory who has the best odds to win actually you know obviously you know a higher dollar amount on a ricky fowler or justin rose then i'm gonna put on a guy like you know um i don't know well that's interesting you know like a future like a future at 45 to 1 which actually i do like but i mean that's the thing is that this this tournament is you know, when it when it comes to the Masters, the cream rises to the top, and that's one reason this tournament has become what it is. Not because of no names winning, not because of our, our favorite guy like a Bob Golby, or you know, or somebody like that winning this tournament. It's because the Tigers win this tournament. It's because Jack Nicholas wins this tournament. It's because Tom Watson wins this tournament. It's because you know the the biggest names in golf tend to always either contend or win. Sergio, look. He never won a major before he won here a few years ago, but he did. Jordan Spieth, one of the biggest names in golf, won this tournament. So, I mean, I think, you know, for me, tradition says that you do go with the top names to win the tournament if you're going to if you're betting, if you're betting to win. Now, there, there there's all kinds of other things that we could look at, but I think I differ a little bit with you when it when it comes to the theory behind what you want to do with uh with your with your money and and betting this golf tournament yeah i mean i think you could debate like what comes first the chicken or the egg right is the guy made 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 elite or made the cream rising to the top after he wins the major i mean you know after he wins the masters uh, yeah i I just I, i i think i think there there are the exceptions and there always will be we get that and i'm just saying golf is the most likely sport if you're betting on it to have those exceptions because it is so variable. Yeah. And golf can come and go in a game, so a guy can get hot and, and, and run hot. So well, this will be interesting, though, because obviously that means you're going to have some kind of shorter odds picks, and I definitely don't. I mean, in fact, I, I've as I've already said, I've eliminated the field down to 67 guys, and even beyond that, I've eliminated it down to maybe 40 that I think have a legitimate chance to win this golf tournament. And so if I've got 40 guys that I think have a legitimate chance of winning this golf tournament, then why would I not bet a guy like a Patrick Cantlay at 66 to 1? Or, yeah, a, I mean, I, we're going to get to it. Like I, a guy that yeah. that has a good history here at 200 to 1. Yeah, I'm not saying that I don't – and, again, I don't – there's not like – there's guys I like that are longer odds. I mean, a, a perfect example of this is, is somebody like Adam Scott who won a few years ago here – Who's at forty to one this year? I mean, is is now I'm not I'm not 
talking about him in, as being a bet or a guy I'm going to play, but I do like somebody of that caliber at 40 to 1. You know, I'm okay with that. But anyway. All right. Well, um, let's, let's get to it. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some of our favorite outright bets. We're going to talk about our favorite low amateur, uh, low Euro, low American, low Asian, and low old guy. So if here's the deal. Like, you know, some of you guys are in these big pools where you, you have to pick, like, from column A, B, C, D, whatever. Like, some of these may help you with that. Uh, we know that my bookie.ag is offering low am, low euro, low American, um, you know, picks like that. So we'll, we'll get into that. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about all of it. But let's, let's address our favorite outrights. Let's kind of work it down. Um, let's let's start at the top here. My bookie, you mentioned Rory McIlroy comes in at uh, at six and a half to one right now as we're looking at it. DJ Tiger here here kind of the the first. This is kind of the first tier to me. It goes Rory, DJ Tiger, Justin Thomas, uh, Justin Rose, and John Rahm. That's kind of where I feel like the cutoff would be if I'm going to take the elite top-tier guys right now in the rank that my bookie has them, that's where I go. Are you betting any of those guys? Well, I think you uh, – for me, actually, I, I do like Tiger this week at 14-1. to 1. He's really the only one I'm, I'm looking at. Um, it obviously has the, the history here. Uh, this is a course that he loves to play on. You know, we saw him play well at match play a couple weeks ago. I don't mind that at 14-1. to 1. I mean, I think he's – Look, I mean, this is just this is a course built for him. I mean, they tiger-proofed it. So what hap- What does that mean? That means it's like it's like, I mean, it's just it's the perfect course for him. Um, he plays it well. He puts well on here. He's always he's comfortable out here. I don't mind that fourteen to one. You know, that you know when we're talking about shorter odds, I'm okay with that. So of all those guys, I mean, I think Tiger's the guy that I'm gonna I'm gonna put the money on. I don't like I don't like putting it on JT. I mean. Never has really – I mean, have, have you ever seen JT – and he's not contending at this tournament down the stretch. Uh, Rose certainly is, and I think he's probably kind of the second guy that, that I might look at. Rom, no. I just feel like he's – I don't know. I just don't like his mindset here. So, for me, I'm, I'm going to go uh, – I, I like Tiger at 14-1. to 1. All right. Um, as you can imagine, I'm not going to be betting anybody here. I – I guess I'm the I guess I'm the I'm the poor man's better. Uh, Look, you know, I understand. Like, here's the thing. You, like, you, we talk about this, and and yeah, yeah. Your odds, obviously, at fourteen to one. You know, if you put a ten dollar bet on it, it's not going to really really be, you know, making you all that excited. But if you're going to bet, if if you got to kind of think about what you're going to put down here. You know, if you're betting the shorter odds guys, then put a little more on it. You know, I mean, throw throw fifty well, on Tiger. Throw, yeah. throw fifty on Tiger at fourteen to one. Give yourself a, you know, a little higher dollar amount. But uh, I don't know. I mean, and I and and while we're on Tiger, I think we need to talk about Tiger because there's going to be Tiger props. Um, you know, so I think we need to talk about our expectations for Tiger. Obviously, you have fairly high expectations for Tiger if you're willing to put a unit or two on him at 14 to one. Um, so I, I, I'm guessing you, you believe Tiger can win this year in, in, in this tournament. I do. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think he can too. Why would I, I not? Why would I say I'm going to put money on Tiger? I don't, I don't think he. Could. I'm. I don't believe. I know. I'm just. I'm just verifying. I'm just verifying. But I, I'm. I'm with you. I'm bullish on Tiger as well this year. Um, I, I think again, no nobody knows the place like him. The ball striking has been there lately. Short game is there. Um, I guess for for me, like, you know, I don't. I don't know. I mean, I, I think. Depending on what you're doing, if if you know if being contrarian matters, if you're in a season long, you know, if you're in a season long league or you're one of those Calcuttas or you're in a group A B C D deal, the thing about it is Tiger's always going to be always going to be the public favorite. So you have to pay for the public, you have to pay the public money, and I don't usually like doing that. So to me, Tiger winning would be a heart would be like. Like, like my investment in Tiger's week is going to be my heart and my love for the game of golf and what it would do for the game of golf and the industry of golf, which we are a part of and matters to us greatly with Tour Junkies. Like, that is my investment because I'm not going to bet him at 14-1. to 1. I'm probably not going to bet him at a, at a top 20 bet, even though I feel like that would be a lock, a top 20. I feel like if, if you find a top 20 bet on Tiger, which you should find on my bookie, like – it's a lock, but it's probably going to be like two to one, or three to one. Like I'm not interested in doing that. I just don't do that with golf. I don't. I don't bet that way with golf. So like my investment into Tiger's week is going to be a heart thing because I would love if I have no money on him. I don't care. I would love to see him win. It would do amazing things for the game of golf, and so that's where I would have it. Okay. Well, it's just fine. I mean, I. I get that, but I'm just I'm just trying to be like literally Obviously you smart think he's gonna, about it. He, yeah, I think well, it's a I mean, smart bet. <laughs> just like I'm not okay. I'm not like I'm not putting anything else out there like emotionally. Okay, whatever else. Well, fine then. You're kind of being a dick already. In this, no, I'm in not. I'm just. How am I being a dick? <sighs> you're you're not validating my emotions, Pat. <laughs> Okay. All right, let's. Well, you go let's next. Go the, you go next. I'm then throwing myself out. All right, I, I got guys. you. I got you. I'm gonna. I think the next tier is a little deeper. I think it goes Jordan, Ricky, Brooks, Deshambo, Molinari, Paul Casey, Tommy Fleetwood, Jason Day, Bubba Watson, and Hideki. Yeah. I, like I kind of think that's the next level. Agree. Um, Why Jordan are you not throwing? Now you're not gonna throw Xander in there. Is he like I'm not just gonna throw, even though he's my boy. Yeah, I think he's just outside of it. I okay. think he is. Um, and we're looking at my bookie odds. Um, I, Jordan is interesting. He's playing well right now. I mean, it's, you know, again, it's only after round two we're recording this. Jordan's playing really well at the Valero. It's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm sure that number is only going to get shorter if he continues to play well this weekend. Uh, so I'll probably avoid that one. But out of this group, if I'm looking at outrights or, um, you know, top five bets, there are two guys I like in this group. Uh, the first one is Paul Casey at twenty-five to one. I I like where Paul where Paul Casey's at right now. He just won the uh, we just saw him win the the Valspar, defending his title after coming off a missed cut at the Players Championship. You know, in another really strong field at the WGC Mexico, saw him finish uh, tied for third there. And Paul Casey has an incredible record at Augusta National. Has come so close so many times. Uh, in the last four years, fifteenth uh, last year, sixth the year before, fourth, and then sixth uh, in 2015. So he's gained 38 strokes in the last four attempts at Augusta National. 
you know, you talk about a guy who just has all, the all-around game and skill set to play well at Augusta, and I love the number. At 25-1, to 1, he is the shortest outright winner top five bet that I am willing to make is Paul Casey at 25 to one. And then other than that, at 35 to one, I like Hideki. I mean, I think, I think Hideki, it feels like now it may not happen next week, but it, it feels like Hideki's a little under the radar right now, which I don't know that it should, it should be that way. You know, last four finishes at the national 19th, 11th, 7th, and 5th. Uh, and by the way, uh, newsflash, Hideki's in really good form. Just came off a, a tie for eighth at the Players' Championship. <clears throat> the ball striking's there. The question with Hideki is always the putter. But, I mean, he's familiar with the, with the greens at Augusta. He's familiar. He knows the speed. And bent grass is a pretty easy grass to put on. I mean, it's not an unpredictable grass like a POA, you know, or a super grainy Bermuda. It's, it's not that hard. So at 35-1, to 1, I like Hideki. Those are my two guys, Casey and Hideki. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't disagree with you there. I, I especially love um, some Paul Casey. I mean, the guy's just been – Oh, okay. All right. He's just been – I mean, he's been fantastic here. So, I mean, you, and it's, it's almost surprising that he has not won. So I'm, I'm with you there. I, yeah, I, I think that – I don't know. I mean, I like some Fleetwood. I, I love his just his ball striking and everything. And I think you know, at twenty five to one, I'm okay with that. So, I mean, if you're looking at between Paul Casey and Fleetwood, I'm probably going to go Casey. But I, I, I do think Fleetwood is certainly in play. Uh, other than that, in this group that you're talking about, there, there's nothing to me that that really stands out. Now, from a from a DFS, from a fantasy standpoint, there there are some some things that I will. We're not talking about. about that right now. I know. So yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on that until we get to the to the DFS show. Um, but other than that, as far as betting is concerned, I, I'm with you there for sure. You know, one thing we should mention, Pat, we gotta we gotta kind of toot our own horn here because we may have some new listeners here, and they may be, they may be thinking like, do these guys actually know what they're talking about? But I will say this: so far in just 2019. We have hit Xander Schauffele at sixty to one at the Tournament of Champions. We have hit Harold Varner the third at hundred to one first round leader. Johnny Vegas at hundred to one first round leader. We've hit uh, Kevin Kisner at seventy to one last week at the match play. We've hit some others, haven't we? I'm, I'm, I'm missing. I know, I'm, I know I'm missing one, but you you fit a couple. We, we've nailed some bets. We've we've really done well so far in 2019. So. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good year, especially uh, along that first round leader. And to win. Which is why you had to cash out on my bookie and get a Coinbase account. Well, you know what I did too. One of the things that my bookie does, which I've liked, and they've I think this is new this year, but they're they're offering more live betting options. So on Ooh, yeah. uh, like mm-hmm. Keith Mitchell. When Keith Mitchell won Keith the, Mitchell you got, That's yeah. Right. When he mm-hmm. won the Honda, I, I took him uh on a Friday night. Uh I think I got him at I don't know, somewhere around like thirty to forty to one. I mean that's that's huge. I mean I think if you're if you're looking at these if if you don't know going into the tournament, which we obviously you don't know, you don't have any clue what's going on. But if you look on Friday night, you know maybe look at that the top ten going into the weekend and and try and pick a guy that you that's on form like a Keith Mitchell was, and and throw some throw some units on him because the the live betting feature on my bookie is huge. I mean that I've I've done extremely well looking at that uh, as opposed to just like early in the week 
flyer pick. You know, at least you got something to go off of. I mean, hell, Keith Mitchell was going into the tournament with a chance to win going into the weekend. So throw some units there. Hey, and by the way, I mean, look what's happened at Augusta the last, you know, last few years. I mean, didn't happen last year, but I mean, Jordan Spieth had a how many shot lead going into the back nine and lost it to Danny Willett, and then lost it. You know, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, 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 some crazy stuff can happen between Saturday and Sunday. By the way, we also need to toot our horn that we pumped up Danny Willett in uh, in November of I think it was 2015 as a hundred and fifty to one outright winner at the Masters, and then he won. That was a big payday for yours truly. So uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think that's true. I mean, look at look at after the Friday night, man. And and if you want to take a little stab at somebody who's a, a handful of shots off the lead, that's an interesting an interesting tactic. All right, let's look at the next group here, Pat. I see Xander, Phil, Adam Scott, Oosthuizen, Garcia, Tony Finau, Matt Kuchar, Mark Leishman, defending champ Patrick Reed, and Henrik Stenson. That's kind of where I see the cutoff here. It goes Xander at thirty-five to one, all the way down to Stenson. At fifty to one, um, in this group, I have three bets that I'd look at for again outright winners, top fives. Be Louis Ustazen, good record here at Augusta, showing a little bit of form. Ball striking's always been pretty solid. I like that. Um, and then I hate to say it, but even though he's been a real dick lately, I think Sergio at forty-five to one is a little high. I think forty-five to one is just a little high. I mean. Obviously, he did not. Um, uh, he, he didn't really defend the title all that well last year, as missing the cut. But I mean, before that, he's always been a course horse here. I kind of, I kind of feel like so. I like him at forty-five to one, and then also Mark Leishman. Aussies tend to do really well at Augusta National, and I think Mark Leishman is interesting. Finished ninth last year. And Leachman's always a solid ball striker, can can control the golf ball. Not in great form, but that's probably why he's 45 to 1. I think it's an interesting number at 45. But I'd say in this group, my favorite bet is probably Sergio. I think 45 is too steep. Yeah, I mean, I get you with Sergio. Um, looking for me, like, and this is why I mentioned Xander when you were going by the – you know, at the last group because I thought he probably should go in there because I, I like some Xander at 35. I don't like the number. Yeah, I'm, I'm, okay, like I'm okay with that number. I mean, look, he finished 50th last year, which is his first year ever here. But, you know, you look at this guy. I mean, he's just – I mean, when it comes to the stats and everything, he is definitely checking the boxes here. I mean, he's 15th in strokes gained off the tee. He's 8th in strokes gained on par fives. Ball striking top 15. Eighth and strokes gained on par fours, which you mentioned earlier, you know, looking at par fours and, and par four scoring. And then he's been putting well. I mean, tenth in the field uh, right now in strokes gained putting. So I, I just think – I think Xander has the game to, to win on this course, and I like, I'm okay with that 35-to-1 number. Um, outside of that, also, I'm with you on Louis Oosthuizen, and he's a guy that – is another guy that I think DFS related makes some sense as well. But then Matt Kuchar, I mean, 45 to one, a guy that's playing really well lately. He's already won a couple times this year. Yeah, I get that. Certainly checks the boxes and, and everything has played well. I mean, look, I don't, when was the last time this guy even missed a cut here? I mean, obviously like for DFS purposes, that's better. Like you don't, you want guys that are not, you know, that are making the cut, 
But, I mean, he, he can contend here. And, you know, he's an older guy. That's okay. We see older players that are, you know, are, are fine here. And they, and, they, and they end up, you know, doing well. So, I think Matt – I think Cooch is, uh, is a good play. I know you hate him because of, uh, I mean, everything. You know, you just, just think he's a terrible person and all that. But um, – no, Truth but, hurts, buddy. Yeah, but seriously, I think I think Cooch at uh, forty-five to one. Hell, I like I like that number, and I'm with you by the way on Leishman. I, I think that certainly makes sense. He has missed a cut here a couple times in the last five years, but a, a guy that just is is yeah. is definitely suited for this course. By the way, don't play Patrick Reed at forty-five to one. It doesn't seem like things are looking real good for P. Reed right now. Um, and and it never looks champ. good for previous champs. They never. Which, by the way, which, by the way, again, we got new listeners, so we got we got to give ourselves a little credibility. Uh, we were all over Patrick Reed last last season when he won. Yeah, but I will say this now: other than your guys like your Tigers, your Jack Nicholases of the world, previous champs never do well here. Never. I mean, I mean, they may make the cut, but you don't typically see the the, yeah. the 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 defending champ do all that well in the tournament. So I'm I would uh, just that fact in general makes me not want to look at old P. Reed. All right, so we're getting into uh, some of the guys at the sweet spot for me. Honestly, I mean, I, I've given you some numbers I like, but I, my. My real sweet spot's coming here in this longer shot uh, segment. Segment, Pat, why don't you start with giving me a few guys. I mean, I'm not going to go name by name here, but we've got Patrick Cantlay uh, getting down to the rest of the field. Like, why don't you give me a few guys after, Can- you know, starting at Cantlay that, you, uh, that, that you're kind of liking in this mid, mid to long shot range here? Well, you <laughs> – you- off the bat, you mentioned Patrick Cantlay. I, I like him. I mean, I think he's uh, a great play. I mean, he's sitting here on my bookie at sixty-six to one. A guy who's just has a, a fantastic game, a game that can fit this course. I, I, I think that's a that's a great play. As a matter of fact, if I'm if I'm if you're wanting to start your bets with a longer odd type player, then I I, I feel like you start it with Patrick Cantlay. That that's that's like the starting point for me. If you're wanting anybody over say 50 to one i mean that's that's where i'm going to start with um also like gary woodland at 70 to one i mean a guy who's played fantastic this year can score on par fives um you know it doesn't you know a longer hitter everything checks the box for gary woodland to play well in this course so i like that at 70 to one and then uh i don't know after that i think um Oh, I'll let you go here right now. So you've kind of blown your wad a little I'm, bit. I'm blowing you're my wrong. wad. I'm blowing my wad with Cantlay and Woodland. Well, the one of the guys that I'm the most bullish on is Gary Woodland, and and I've been talking about him for the Masters for months now. He's definitely cooled off here lately, uh, which I I don't like seeing that right now. I wish he was in a little better form. You know, 17th in Mexico, th- then he followed that up with a couple of 30th-ish, and then he missed the cut at the Valspar. But, I mean, you know, the the, the beginning of his year was pretty pretty strong. Second at the Tournament of Champions, uh, ninth at the Farmers, seventh at the Waste Management. I, I just, I think, and I don't really understand what is up with Gary Wood. Like, I feel like he is perfect for the Masters. And his course history here is absolute garbage. 
It's it just, is. He's missed it's three not very cuts. good at all. Yeah, he's missed three cuts out of the last three attempts. Um, but he's a long hitter. The, the issue, okay, I, if I could pinpoint, I think it's the putter. But we have seen Gary Woodland's putter become much better in the last 12 months. So I am, I guess I'm believing and I'm taking the 70 to 1. Uh, and in fact, I actually bet him a couple months ago at 80 to 1. Um, I'm believing in that a little bit for that 70. The ball striking is just so good and the putter is improved. So I, I just, Gary's interesting to me. Um, I think Cam Smith at 80 to one right mm-hmm. now is another yeah. is another interesting bet. Now I got Cam earlier at 80 to one as well. Um, um, and I, I, he finished fifth here last season. He's another good ball striker, Australian like Mark like Mark Leishman. Aussies do well here, and one of the best scramblers on the PGA Tour. One of the best chippers on the PGA Tour. And we already talked about how important that is. And then the last one I like is Ian Poulter at eighty to one. Uh, I got him a couple months ago at a hundred to one, um, but I, I I like Poulter. I think he's uh, you know he's he's normally a cut maker at Augusta. You know, best finish recently was a sixth in twenty fifteen. He's not a super long hitter, but he's definitely long enough. Uh, and the guy's just been playing. I mean, he's been playing really really well lately. I think it's been a good season for Poulter. Um, third at the WGC Mexico event, which is a tough event. So I like that number at 80 to one for Poulter. Um, now my, the remaining bets for me are going to get into the, the hundreds and uh, and above. Anybody else for you shorter than 100 to one? No, that's 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 pretty much it for me. I got a feeling we're both going to agree on this guy at 125 to one. Charles Howell the third. Yeah, you agree? Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, we haven't seen CH3 play here in quite some time, but he's obviously an Augusta boy. Um, long off the tee, plenty long for Augusta, okay? If you look at his last few events, gaining strokes off the tee, gaining strokes uh, w- with his irons. Yeah. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. <laughs> um, yikes. Uh, chipping really well, putting really well. The guy's literally clicking on all cylinders. The last cut that he missed was in November at the OHL. At the OHL, since then, the week after he won the RSM, 14th at Tournament of Champions, 8th at the Sony, 34th at the Desert Classic, 20th at the Farmers, 6th at the Genesis, 14th at the WGC Mexico, 15th at the Arnold Palmer, and 35th at the Players. Like Charles Howe III is golfing his ball right now. And for a guy who, you know, I could see a little extra pressure at Augusta, you know, being, being a hometown event, I get it. But he's also rather familiar. He's a veteran. He's comfortable. The game, the skill set fits this, this golf course. I mean, at 125 to 1, 125 to 1, I don't know how anyone avoids that number. Yeah. I'm certainly with you on on all Charles. By the way, at that number though, um, a first timer that I like right there is is Matt Wallace at one twenty five to one. Really? Okay. I, I, mean, I didn't see that coming. Yeah, I mean he's a guy that you know you look at uh, just from a stat standpoint. I mean the guy is uh, he's thirty first in the field off the tee. 
He, basically, he's top 30 in the field and off the tee, around the green, ball striking, par four scoring, strokes gain putting. I mean, you could even throw in proximity in there, and he's he's checking boxes. So I think Matt Wallace is an interesting kind of first-timer play at that 125 to number, 125 to one number as well. So um, hmm. i throwing him out there. But okay. I, I do agree with you on Charles Howe. <laughs> We'll get to first-timers here in a minute. Any other long-shot bets for you? Why don't you rattle them off if you got them? Um, I don't really – I don't know. I could go some Thunder Bear at 125-1 oh, as well. You were such a sucker for him. Thorbjorn Olesen for the new listeners. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I then, don't, I'm not buying that one. And then I have a, uh, a couple other first-timers, but uh, if you want to – segment that out then that's fine so yeah other than that i mean i i think it's tough to avoid charlie hoffman at 150 to one the game seems to have have turned around a little bit here lately that dude has literally bit by the way if you look at like the uh millionaire maker on DraftKings, he's been in like (laughs) he's like been in the winning lineup like twice in the last five years well, he's he's been scoring well at Augusta. First-time leader is an interesting bet for Charlie Hoffman if he's on the right wave. Um, but he didn't have a great year last year after after having a good start to the year and a fantastic 2017. I mean, he had a fantastic 2017 season. Did really well in the beginning of the year last year, and then it really dropped off. But we've seen the form come back around for Charlie, 18th at the Valspar, as of now, he's made the cut at the Valero, and he's playing okay. But he plays Augusta. He plays Augusta, you know, quite well. His last four finishes: twelfth, twenty-second, twenty-ninth, and ninth. He's a decent ball striker. Plenty of experience. One hundred and fifty to one. Now, remember, this is why I brought that up. That there are sixty-seven players that I that I whittled it down to, and I think I really whittled it down to forty that have a legitimate shot at winning or finishing in the top five for an each way bet. So when you got 40 guys and you got a guy like Charlie Hoffman with this kind of history at 150 to 1, it's it's an enticing number. Um, and I think the same applies for the last guy I'm going to give you in terms of an outright top five each way kind of guy, and that is Jimmy Walker, another guy with exceptional oh history. Oh, my at a, God. Okay, exceptional history at so Augusta for- National. Despite poor form, despite uh, despite poor form I in my coming in, I, can can I go to the bathroom? Uh, Are you kidding me right now? I threw up in my mouth. Okay, his I last five ba- finishes. I need to go to the bathroom. His last five finishes: twentieth, eighteenth, 29th, thirty eighth, and eighth. He doesn't miss the cut here. By the way, playing okay right now at the Valero, and he's two hundred to one in a field where legitimately. 40 guys have a chance to win, and he's got a ton of experience here. He hits the ball a long way. I just think 200 to 1 is stupid. Like, put a half a unit on Jimmy Walker. I, I, you'd be a fool not to. At minimum, you cash out a little halfway, a little each way bet. Will you, so give, me, I, will I you think, give me some money? Yeah, I'll, get, yeah, like, I'll like, give you $5. Like, like you give me the Jimmy money Walker. that you put on Jimmy Walker, you just give it to me and buy some. Yeah, I'll give, buy yeah, some I'll some give you 10 bucks. Buy some rose. I think you've had enough rose. <laughs> All right, let's let's talk about this. Let's talk about amateurs, Pat. 
Let's talk about amateur. Are you prepared to do this? Because you you sound like you've really j- fallen off the cliff here in the last few. I minutes. have you, one guy good? that I will talk about that everybody's going to talk about. So, who? Victor Hovland. Victor Hovland. Great Oklahoma State. So predictable. Yep, got it. Okay. I mean, what else do you got to do? I mean, if you're wanting to pick a guy that's going to actually possibly win you some money, he's the one to pick. I mean, look, he's played in tour events. He freaking made the cut at the Arnold Palmer. He's like, now he missed the cut at the Farmer's Insurance, but whatever. I mean, the guy's just like, he's played tour events before. He won the U.S. Amateur. I mean, there's no other. I mean, I don't, I don't really see anything else as far as amateurs are concerned besides that dude. He's like, like that's that's it. Yeah, Victor Hovland is obviously the he's the stud out of the six amateurs. Um, if I were going to lay a bet down, I'm going to lay a bet down on Takumi Kaneyana. Kaneyai. What the hell? Kaneyaya. By the way, I avoided that. What you're just what you're doing right now, <laughs> I avoided just so I didn't have to say the names. Okay, because I can Takumi say Takumi. I can Kanaya. say Victor Hobbins. I can say that. There it is. Takumi Kanaya. I, I okay, here he is. Asia Pacific Am champ, two time winner on uh, of other uh, amateur events. He's from Japan. He's the latest thing since Hideki Matsuyama. And actually, if you look on my bookie. Same odds to win as Victor Hovland. Now, I know we're not talking about to win because these guys aren't going to win. But if you're betting a low amateur, you know, I think Victor Hovland comes in as the favorite. I don't know why don't you, you don't Don't you bet. think that this is like where they, like, I, I'm going to have to say this. Sorry, my bookie. This is where they get a little bit lazy. And they're like, I don't even freaking know who <laughs> Kanahara is, but I know he's an amateur. That kind of laziness costs you money, buddy. Yeah, so you're right. Like, that's what I was going to say is like, you know what? There might be some laziness there. If this, if he goes in there and does something good, finishes top twenty, you're screwed, my bookie. But that's what we're trying I'm to do. Just, we're trying to win money. We don't give a shit what my bookie makes. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think Kanaya, oh god, Kanaya or whatever. If you're betting amateurs, which we know very little about, and this guy hasn't really competed in the same stages as Victor Hovland. But he's a proven winner on the amateur tour, and he's a Pacific Am champ, which isn't isn't you know a crappy thing. Um, I think it's an interesting move. All right, what about what about this? What about low old guy? Now, Pat, I know you're a Fred Couples fan. Being the senior citizen that you are, you grew up watching Fred Couples. You know, I kind of think if you're if you're looking at old guys. Maybe you're picking out of a pool of, of, of players and you're looking at the best old guy. I feel like Fred Couples, Bernhard Langer, and Vijay Singh are your best options. Outside of that, these guys have no chance. Uh, but in terms of low old guy, Vijay has the best odds. Uh, Couples and Langer, my bookie, currently has even on the odds. Who would you take? I think you go with VJ. I mean, again, this is this is really the, you're not going to take your boy. Freddy? This is the this is the betting show, not the DFS <laughs> show where you might want to look at ownership because I think VJ of these, the, well, Longer might be up there too. There might be a little bit of a question between Longer and VJ, not couples as far as ownership's concerned. But that that's no matter for for this podcast. But um, I think 
as far as my money's concerned, I'm going to throw it on VJ. I mean, we just saw him compete at uh, what was it, the Honda Classic, where he was, um, you know, in it on the yeah, week- could have won. Yeah, could have won on the weekend. A guy, and he always plays well here. I mean, is you know, has won here as well. Well, obviously he's won here because he wouldn't be uh, in the field. But so I think VJ is. I don't mind that at 400 to one. I mean, put that down. And he could, you know, it, it, the old. The old guys can win here. I mean, we've seen a guy like Jack Nicklaus, uh, you know, back in 86, you know, an older guy that was, uh, you know, at the tail end of his career winning this tournament. I, I totally could see it. You know, when you look at, like, Tom Watson, you know, almost God, winning. You, al- are, you are drunk now. Almost you're, you're, winning the British drunk. Open a few years ago as an old guy. This is a tournament where you could actually see an old guy win, and I don't mind throwing a few, uh, a few units there. And uh, obviously, I love Fred Couples, but the guy has too many injuries and things like that to, mm. I don't know. Uh, so, I would rather go with somebody like VJ, who probably takes care of his body a little more than uh, old Freddie Couples. Yeah, we see, his, we see the Twitter videos. He's like, he's in the gym. Yeah. But I, I'm not talking about an outright winner. I would never endorse anyone betting these guys as outright winners. But I'm saying I think you could throw, I think you could throw a few, you know, a dollar. Oh, God. Throw a dollar on VJ to win. 401. Okay. Okay. Um, anyway, go ahead. Yep. I, I'm going to agree with VJ as the low old guy, obviously. I think that makes a lot of sense right now, given his current form. All right, what about um, low Asian? Low Asian. I Obviously, Hideki would be your favorite. But a couple other guys I'm looking at would be Siwoo Kim and Hao Tong Lee. Right now, we've got Siwoo Kim in hot fire form at the Valero, uh, currently winning by four shots. But Siwoo's been known to pop. You know, That's I think he finished top thirty is, here last year. It is Siwoo's the most impossible guy to predict. He is. He tour. is extremely impossible. I think I would lean a little Hao Tong. I, as I much as lean, I love Hideki, I'm with you. Hao Tong Lee is who I would lean. Yeah, for yeah, the I longer mean, it, odds too. For the longer odds, I think I would go Hao Tong. But I mean, if I'm betting an outright winner, I think Hideki makes a lot more sense. But if I'm gonna if I'm gonna pick a low Asian, you know, out of a handful of guys that actually have a decent shot of winning. I mean, I'm, I'm eliminating Kodiara and, you know, Shugo. Uh, out of a handful of guys, why not take a little bit of longer stab? I think Hal Tong makes a lot of sense. Um, that leaves two options, low Euro and low American. Uh, three guys that I have circled for low Euro. The shortest odds, Paul Casey, who we talked about. <coughs> um Sergio Garcia and Ian Poulter would be my three possible low Euro bets. Uh, Pat, anybody anybody for you that if you were going to pick a low Euro that you'd look at? Just the Euros? Well, I think Rory's going to win this year, so I would probably go there, but it's probably going to be like negative. Three to one. Yeah, yeah two it, to one. No, it's not going to be two to one. It's going to be less, probably less than that. If he's, if he's six and a half to one to win the tournament – to be low Euro is probably going to be less well, I, than that. Yeah, but I think I think Fleetwood, Rom, those guys are going to cut into that. I mean, I don't I don't think he'd be less than that. Yeah. So for me, it would actually be Fleetwood, is who I like there, um, and also I'd, I'd probably uh, probably throw in like you said you were a big Sergio fan earlier. I'd probably throw in some Sergio as well for for low Euro, based on the odds. 
And finally, low American. I mean, you know, obviously what we're doing here is you're, you're taking out a part of the field, um, just making it that much more likely that a long shot, to me, could, could win. So I'm looking at Ricky at 20 to 1. Uh, Brooks at twenty-two to one. If we're taking down low Americans, but but my favorite pick would still be Gary Woodland. Um, I, I I just I can't wrap my mind around why Gary Woodland hasn't had success here. But I think his game fits. I think he's putting better than he's ever put in his life. So if I'm gonna if I'm gonna take a long shot on low American, I'm going Gary Woodland. Obviously, this is the most competitive group when you throw in. Phil and Tiger and DJ and Justin yeah, Thomas and Jordan yeah. Spieth. and I yeah. agree with that. I think I like I like that with Gary Woodland. And and then when you're looking at maybe a little bit longer odds, like Tiger Woods, I, I mentioned when we were talking about winners, I like him there. But as far as like low American, where I might get a little bit longer odds on a guy, I'm with you on like a Ricky Fowler. I think that might be a, yeah a, a good yeah. play just for just for that low American type play. I'd love to see Ricky win it. That'd be that'd be yeah. awesome. Yeah. Fantastic. Those are the picks. Now, listen, if you are not already subscribing to the Chalk Bomb email that comes out every Wednesday night for every PGA Tour event delivered free to your inbox, you are going to need to do that because in the Chalk Bomb email, we're going to break down a few MyBookie head-to-head matchups that we're looking at for the Masters. Any last-minute thoughts, any last-minute tips that we get from caddies, from players that we know that are going to be at Augusta National, uh, anything we notice while we're out there at Augusta National, you're going to need to subscribe to the Chalk Bomb and get that last-minute advice. It's one of the last things you need to do before you lock in all your bets, before you lock in all your plays. You need to check that out. And, again, we deliver it free to your inbox. It's the best piece of free PGA Tour content around every Wednesday night. And all you got to do to subscribe is go to tourjunkies.com, scroll to the bottom of any page, and they're on the bottom right-hand corner. You will. Uh, all you have to do is put in your email address into the chalk bomb section of the website there, and wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, you are in. So stay tuned on all the content. We will be doing the DFS podcast. We'll obviously be doing the DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark video. We're gonna be doing some a ton of social media content. Oh man, Pat's gonna have a fantastic fantasy golf sommelier article written up on the website. It's just going to be the best week of the year. It is our favorite week of the year. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram if you don't already for other updates and shenanigans that will go down in Augusta, Georgia, at tour underscore junkies on both platforms. Pat, do you have anything else before we sign off here on the uh, betting preview for the Masters? No, I'm just ready. Uh, golly, I can't believe it. Ready Masters. For bed? Masters. I'm ready for bed, too. But Masters week <laughs> is here. Awesome. Well, go on mybookie.ag, use promo code TourJunkies, get that 50% deposit bonus, and have a fantastic Masters Week. Thanks for supporting the Tour Junkies. We really do appreciate it. If you're a first-time listener, come back. Trust us. It's probably better. All right. See you. Out.